0: Hello everyone, welcome to The Blowout. This is Michael Lindsay Hogg, uh, (laughs) director of The Beatles' Get Back and host of the birthday slappy host of the Slappy Boys blowout. Please welcome Jeff Dutton.
1: Sure, sure you know. And Tim Kalpakas. Hey,
2: what is up? <laughs>
1: Okay, now
0: we're going to get things going, but before we do, I just want to say, we don't, you know, we're running out of time, and I don't think we have a film yet.
2: Oh, come no. on. Let us do our thing.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, all right. It's the big hand bopper. Uh, that was my impression of the... <laughs> Finally, back on solid ground with the big hand bobber. <laughs> that guy, every time that guy spoke, it was uh, alarming to, uh, surprising, his voice. Yeah. Well, I don't know what we're gonna do. <laughs>
1: he's such a
2: he's such a kind of a fresh faced, uh, like pink pink cheek, pinchable cheek boy. He yeah, looked, he looked like Orson Wilkes. He looked like he was like twenty four. Hey, not to mention by the end of this uh, series, that that little baby police officer who looks like straight out of the womb. There's some young guys out there in the UK, huh?
0: Oof. They grow yeah. them young. It could also be the film, like, everyone's face looked a
1: little, like, dewy and rubbery. I, I think some of that everyone's might have been hair blowing up. Everyone's
2: was oily by the end.
1: Yeah, mm. everybody was a little grease ball. But also, uh, I think part of the blowing up the 16, the blowing up the 16 millimeter, they did some of that, like, face-tune smoothing. Because they had a computer do a bunch of, uh, oh. I, I, I didn't watch, I don't know how they did it. But I know that there are some stabilized. I do, but I just, it's so
0: boring, so I won't tell anybody.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> you want to get under? <laughs> let's get under the hood. I, I appreciate it because I hate being. I more. just,
0: I just don't want it to. It's just technical shit that I love, but we don't need to get yeah. in.
1: We're, we're jumping into the middle of things. I feel like get, let's just get into Can it because just this is going to be, be a, a long
0: back, episode. What are we even get up? What are we even talking about? Here? Discussing? Yeah, okay. We're talking about a, a three part documentary <clears throat> called "Get Back" on Disney Plus about the Beatles making their I guess, hit album, I don't know, called Let It Be, uh, <laughs> you directed can say by it, Mike. Peter Jackson. Uh, I don't know how he, uh, he directs, how it's directed by, is it directed by Peter Jackson or produced by him? Yeah, he took
2: the footage from the film Let It Be, mm-hmm. hundreds of hours of footage, and then he directed this new Disney Plus project.
0: That's interesting. So, but But he just kind of edited it then, huh? Yeah. yeah, but you're
2: the boss, man. When you're when you're editor, you're, yeah. you're, you're you're sitting and clicking.
0: Do you think he still yelled like action and cut to the editor?
2: I it, you worse than that. I think I heard he yelled action hobbits and <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. cut elves. <laughs> so, but the, the hobbits still go.
2: I guess the when did the elves start? And, yeah, the elves never started. This this is part of my problem with this guy.
0: Yeah, that's that was a problem with this movie. The, the elves never really started.
2: <laughs> Elves on the shelves. I'm kidding. But wait, before we get into this, I wanted to ask you guys, the only thing I knew about that, I knew, hey, Peter Jackson has unearthed all this footage.
0: I right? thought you were going to say, I heard, hey, Jude. Okay, go ahead.
2: I had heard that before on the radio, but mm. I knew this was coming. And there's so much Beetle shit that I'm like, yeah, yeah, more Beatles shit. I, I, I I, it, That's how know, I, I felt. Was like, but then yeah. I had heard that this was special. and I, and And I knew like a year ago, I was like, there's something good about this, but- I knew it to be the footage from the Let It Be session, from the Let It Be documentary. And had you seen that before? I, that's This is what I'm trying to ask is like, I remember. Just ask it. <laughs> I, I can't find the words. <laughs> um, well, you remember the Beatles anthology aired when we were kids on TV.
1: Sure. Yeah. Part A, of Beatles that.
2: C. In part three of that, they showed like, they were like, and then they were shooting what well, they were trying to record the album Let It Be, and it was also a movie, Let It Be, and the whole thing was a mess. And it showed George talking to Paul saying, Just tell me what you want me to play yeah. and I'll play it. I don't know. So that i always I've seen before. I always that I knew. knew that clip. I I knew the album and I knew that a film existed, but I had never seen the documentary Let It Be. And right. when this movie was coming out, I then Googled the film let it be and it says yes there's like a wikipedia page for the 1970 documentary let it be however it is not available on any streaming service or for purchase or on dvd or anything and i couldn't like find any actual existence of it oh, so right. w- did did they scrub it off the internet before peter jackson's series came out or that
0: that seems things? to ring a bell like it's like even before the peter jackson thing that it's a difficult thing
1: to Fine, I think I remember hearing that, and but we've seen the rooftop. Movie. We've seen the rooftop performance forever. Yeah, that's yeah. that's, that's the thing classic. that seems to have endured. From, I mean, okay, how far have you guys watched into the documentary? Because I've only seen parts one and two. I've seen one, two, and like I think forty minutes, thirty minutes into the third one.
2: I watched it all, but I think the conceit of our blowout here today is we're we're telling our our patrons to watch episode one, maybe.
0: Or, yeah. Or, or yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean if you watch one you're going to probably watch the whole thing. Although yeah, I'll say 2 it's is where time.
1: it pops off like big 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 time.
0: Yeah. Are we worried about spoilers here? Uh
1: I mean, let's I just don't talk know. about it. I, it's been out yeah. long enough at this point.
2: Right. And and what are we going to spoil that, that these guys um play guitar?
0: <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't know that. <laughs> so,
2: none of us none of the three of us had ever seen the Hog film, Let It Be.
1: No. 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 Great. So we're all, like, we I've all we all came into this
2: on the same page.
1: I actually haven't seen much Beatles visual anything. Like, I haven't seen. But you're a Beatle maniac. Nah, but I mean, like, I've seen, I've seen, like, a couple you documentaries. You love Abbey Road. I love them. <laughs> uh, yeah. But. True. But, like, have you seen Hard Day's Night and Magical Mystery Tour and Yellow Submarine and. No, or Help movie? I've
2: seen no. everything when when i was but a boy i watched all of it i was so into all of this when i was 11 and uh i don't really remember all of, uh, so much of it but yeah i loved it all but Ooh. i feel like the enduring thing from this is from the rooftop concert specifically the song get back is like clipped mm. out what i feel like that's what they would have sent out as their epk and that's yeah. like
1: oh and, it, and for you it, listening at home that would have been linked in their bio that would have been their pinned tweet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeff, you're bad. You are bad. <laughs> you're absolutely on one tonight. and I can't. Yeah, you
2: have to fucking stop, Jeff.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I kind of love it the way Jeff, when Jeff gets this way, I love it. Um, <laughs> the, the the whole thing to me that was so interesting, like the whole time I was like, what what is this? Is this how like they would have made an album anyway, where they do an album and then make like a little thing for it? Like, were they, they oh, you know, when they weren't touring, obviously, when you're, you're in a band, you make an album, then tour that album. Would they just, like, since they weren't touring, make an album and then do a crazy stunt
1: of some sort? Well, they had just done a TV performance, and then they were like, well, we're going to do a TV special because we liked how that went.
2: Right. It was Okay, hey, that's hey Jude. the thing
1: where they were all
0: singing, and everyone was, uh, they were singing Hey Jude, and everyone came up. Yeah. Gotcha. That, gotcha. that
2: famous Hey Jude perform- Hey Jude was a single and then mm. they did that thing to promote it at uh, Twickingham or whatever the place was. Gotcha, so yeah, yeah. That, they were just riding the wave off that. They were like, this felt good, so what if we do our next album like that? So what's different about the album Let It Be is like, other bands have done this where it's like, you know, the Beatles started off and the technology was simple. You'd go into the studio and you do live takes until you yeah. got to take it. Then you move on. And then in the mid sixties, they pioneered this thing of like, Oh, we spend six months in the studio and we make Sergeant Pepper and everything is played backwards and it's huge and it's patchworky and it's crazy. And
0: that's when like using uh, like overdubs is the keyword in those types of things. Like right. overdubbing I- stuff. And that's helping out the listener. Just helping out the listener. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Because
2: I have that, you know, I'm always paranoid that I'm just like so far above
0: (laughs) the listener.
1: (laughs)
2: Um, No, but like, uh, what are they coming off here? The White Album, like uh, that stuff was all very like in Abbey Road and very mixed and very overdubbed. So they had this idea of like, hey, Jude was fun. What if we go into the studio and we record the album, like, and it's like, live takes you know like it's stripped yeah. it's just us and it's live takes recently if you're a fan of punk rock you uh i mean and when i say recently i mean nine years ago um the band uh that i love titus andronicus they had just made their masterpiece the mo- uh, the monitor and it was this huge ambitious album so their next album was called local business because they rented out a studio and they just laid down some live tracks so mm-hmm. i think that that's kind of what was going on here it's like We've been making these big track stacks, and now we want to play live to tape. But how about we also do a TV special, and we do a have cameras watch us in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the
0: process? Because we're the Damn. bloody Beatles. And so we're
2: getting back. We're getting back to basics. We're back to Hamburg, okay?
1: Holy shit. Get back. I love that. And, and Tim, so now, question for you. I was expecting nothing too Phil- personal. Okay, nothing <laughs> about my weight. I'm a little I insecure. Expect- <laughs> I was expecting uh, <laughs> Phil Spector to pop up because of the whole "Let It Be," "Let It Be Naked," yeah, thing. What's the deal? Because I thought "Let It Be" was a Spector thing, and then "Let It Be Naked" was like, okay, we're stripping out all the Spector shit.
2: Right, Spector comes in after everything we watched in the Peter Jackson doc. Spector comes in loads in a bunch of saccharine strings and stuff and releases an album that Paul hates. So in like 2009- and,
0: and took uh, 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 George Martin's name off it. Not not that Spectre did it necessarily, but like EMI took, uh, what did I just say? George Martin's name off the producer. Oof.
2: Oof. Well, yeah. wait, George Martin was there, but it felt like that guy Gin or something, G-Y-N.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was,
2: him he, too. Oh, I mean, he was. He was. No, maybe he either. was engineering. And maybe, he was engineering. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, you know, Phil Spector's a tyrant. There's a documentary about him. He's batshit crazy and he's a murderer. But he came in after all this and and just mixed a like, AM radio adult contemporary version of this stuff. So the the Let It Be album that we all know and love is not what these guys wanted when they said, we're going to lay down some live tracks. It, it is, um, I mean, it's still a great album. It's just stacked with some strings yeah. they didn't like.
0: Huh. Well, it's good. It, it's, it was crazy watching this band who's, you know, at this point, 10 years into their reign of uh, rock and roll kingdom. Mike. Uh, they kind of could do, you know, they were huge and they could do whatever they wanted. And it was so interesting to watch them, like, just so like uh, confidently and nonchalantly put these songs together. Right. I love like, not without all the problems that it had, but but yeah,
2: the nakedness of seeing these moments because, like, well, we should talk about like what's fascinating about this doc doc series is like the group dynamics and stuff. And we're yeah. we're in a band together, and we've also been in the Birthday Boys, and there's just so much stuff about like roles in a group and those dynamics, but. We in any of our groups are rarely we've written stuff together uh, a billion times, but I love how like naked these guys are with each other where in episode one you get Paul the very moment that get back comes to be where he's like strumming. And then he's like, (coughs) he's got none. he, He has none of the lyrics. He has no melody yet. And the fact that he's sitting in front of his two bored bandmates, Ringo and George, are just, like, looking at him. I I can't really think of too many times where we, whether it's music or sketch comedy or whatever, are just, like, looking at each other when we have nothing. You know, like, usually somebody has an idea.
0: Right. right?
2: But we never get in a room and just go,
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, especially on the music end of it, nobody has that type of, like, time or talent. It, it, uh, other people have that talent, but like I don't have the talent to sit down in a studio, uh, what that we're paying for, and be like, okay, uh, let me just plunk something out here and see if we can all kind of chime in on what where to go with it. it it's uh, it's, not good. it's
1: rare because like you do have to be like super vulnerable. I remember listening to Rivers Cuomo's uh, song Exploder. Oh yeah, and he sort of plays his little scats where he where he's like oh, yeah. I Diane and Drunk Dory. Summer Diane and Drunk Dory, and he's like, I seal the windows and I shut the doors, and then I go in there and I just like scat out vowel sounds and I find stuff. But here's Paul doing it in front of, yeah, not just his bandmates, but like an entire film crew. And I noticed that also in three, two, one, where like he's just so confident about the early stages. It doesn't, it doesn't touch him personally at all to just like look kind of dumb and then you stumble into. I think get back.
0: Yeah, I kept coming back to like, oh, this is a band who they stepped foot on american soil and everyone went crazy that kind of does something to your confidence i think where it's like i'll let anyone
1: watch whatever i can i'm untouchable in a way yeah. right and but also the doc i'm only i'm only 2 episodes through but seeing them go from oh yeah they're just like a bunch of dudes they're just a band in the mm-hmm. beginning you're just like mm-hmm. oh they they're rough and they're when you see the malformed early get backs and they did, they don't have the little upbeat, like get back. Ding, ding, da, get back, yeah, ding, yeah. Ding, da. And when it's, when it's lacking that and it's lacking all the little touches, you're just like, Oh, they're just a band. And to see it slowly come together, get back specifically comes up and goes away, comes up and goes away. Yeah. Yeah. A dozen times before in part two, you finally see they're back at Apple. They're locked in. McCartney and Lennon are finally f- sitting, firing on all cylinders, going back and forth. Yeah, and you see, finally, what John Lennon brings to the table, uh-huh. because all the time, the, throughout the entire doc, McCartney sits down. And he's like, "Oh, it could be something like this, multiple idea, or whatever." And then it says in the bottom, Chiron Lennon slash McCartney, and I was like, "Well, what the fuck is Lennon doing?"
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then
1: finally, when you get them going rapid fire back and forth, the pinging is so crazy, and George and Ringo are just sitting there supporting felt so bad and keeping for those up guys the whole
0: time. They're just <laughs> yeah. Ringo yeah, especially yeah. is just like sitting at the drum kit. Yeah, but time. Ringo,
2: Ringo is happy. And he knows his role. George, oh, he's having fun. George is a songwriter in his own right and doesn't fit in with this with the two geniuses. Uh, yeah, and and it's like when he's talking about coming out with his own album and John's like, that's great. Yeah, that's great. And it's just, yeah. And I mean, I, uh, George rules as a songwriter, but yeah, the the magic of Lennon and McCartney together, it's, it's amazing to see it because like, you know, that for the first half of the, the Beatles, it's like, it's everything they write is Lennon McCartney. Even if one of them writes a song, because it's like, they're, they're like Lieber and Stoller or or whatever.
0: That's right. Yeah. I was confused about that, but that is just like how the contract, was written up for them or whatever
2: yeah so so like well i don't know by the end but early on it's like it was just understood it was intentional too yeah because they were a songwriting duo
1: and they were like teenagers when this band started
2: yeah but what's so funny is like so that's a rock solid like undeniable nuclear creative relationship between two guys and then in the meantime, a bunch of personal stuff has happened and their friendships are not doing great and their, their lives have diverged. But, and as, 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 much as each of them wants to like pretend they're independent, it's so funny to see that when they get back together, that is still happening. Because in the meantime, I think the white album is where they're really definitively being like, this is a Paul song. This is a John uh-huh. song. We're taking our time. We're, we're like, John thinks he's cool and he is and Paul thinks he's versatile and he is and they're like diverging so then when you get them back in a room it's it's so interesting to see what they do for each other because you're like these guys would love to just hate each other but Uh unfortunately they're so good for each
0: other (laughs) well it's funny because I I think uh John like the big criticism from him on this album was that he didn't come in with much but still had a lot to do with the album because he just like things came off his head and he was shouting a lot. And all, a lot of those like, this is blah, blah, blah with something on the defade. With oh, horror gets a rose. Like I, that was like, oh, he's just been... He said a billion things just goofing around and they like pick that one.
2: He's so funny and that looseness helps a lot. And yeah, that was like my main thought watching this thing was about like, like reluctant leadership. And this thing, did you guys watch... Um, Long, uh, Mike, I think you saw Long Strange Trip, the, the, the Grateful Dead thing on yeah. Uh, Amazon. Yeah. There was a very interesting part of that where it was like Jerry Garcia, because he's a laid-back, stony hippie, he didn't want to be a leader. Yeah, he was right. like, no, no, I'm just part of the band. But it's like everybody looked to him for approval on everything they did because he's Jerry Garcia. Mm-hmm. And then he's absolutely like the driving force behind the band. And, but then he's like, no, no, the band doesn't have a leader and, and I don't want to be a leader and I, yeah. because it's like too much to take on. And I w- could yeah. see pangs of both of that in different ways with like Paul in this doc. It's very obvious that it's like he's a fucking control freak leader and he hates that about himself. Yeah. So he's trying to chill out, but he can't. Yeah. And then John... Who is, yeah,
0: I loved when he was like, you know, we, I do it too bit. You know, I always do that.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like admonishing himself and he like yeah. hates that urge him. But John has the opposite, opposite thing. where like, John is able to show up, sit in a chair, strum a guitar, take a back seat and then, and just be like, Hey, I'm just goofing around, whatever. I'm just silly. John, I'm eating my toast and I'm having my tea oh, and yeah, I'm John.
0: Guys, and, a lot of toast.
2: But then when it's time for, to play the song that he wrote, It's across the universe and it's the best songwriting that has ever happened. And it's so funny for a guy to have that talent and like be annoyed enough to be like, I'm being kind of quiet. I'm being kind of weird. And here's my song and it's the best song ever written and you know, whatever.
0: (laughs) And I'm going to do most of the rehearsals uh, in a silly voice the whole time. And then when it's time to record, do it well. I only,
2: I only write masterpieces and you know, Paul, I don't know what you have. Did you bring anything? I don't know,
1: man. It, it, i thought it was so funny uh seeing john as kind of annoying like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i had knew that he was the funny one and that as time went on he got like a little more pretentious he's a reverence is all hell i'll say that i i really started to see his humor as like hiding
2: yeah uh, oh for, for sure
1: during this like like yeah it's easy to just kind of I don't know, be the naysayer. But he wasn't he wasn't shooting people down.
0: He was like because I thought there would be more of that, but he was just like going along with whatever. You know what I mean? Because I feel like for
2: him, he's on his like Maharishi kick and stuff. Like for he he's like, hey, what I have going on with Yoko is special and life is just life and hey, whatever, and this is just music. So he's like
1: Yeah. Kind
2: of he feels, I don't know if he's actually in a good place or if it's coming across, but like, I think he thinks that he's above bickering. Yeah. But but it's also weird because it's like, if he were more engaged, he would do more and write more. You know.
1: I also thought that I was going to see more, I guess, like Jerry Springer shit between the guys. Yeah. Like, I've always heard stories of Paul like, yeah, he seems so sweet, but he's actually a megalomaniac when we're recording. Right. And here, even when he had that famous exchange with George, I was like, he is being controlling, you could, you could but barely he's also tell what very present on. and he's aware of himself and he's showing up and being sensitive. It's just that he, tricky absolutely. thing. Absolutely. They've, they've been a band for so long. They've had the yeah. level one fights and now they can like, when they argue, they argue like they've been through therapy and it's like- they yeah. they talk about how they argue amongst each other. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. that that uh, breakfast conversation where it's just subtitles in two, yeah. where John and um, where John and Paul are going back and forth, and they're like, "Well, we do this all the time to George, and you do it to me." And Paul just says, "Right." It's like right. they right. know how Paul, they are. I
2: love Paul in that scene. He's owning all of it. Yeah, and then Paul is saying, like, he says to John in that scene, like, "You've always been the boss. You've always been control, and you're like." that's so telling cause it's really just about Paul respecting John's talent because John isn't, isn't steamrolling anyone. But I yeah. think that Paul knows himself so well. So it's like you've watching the struggle when, when they're working out, when they're arranging specifically, like when, when they're arranging a uh, get back yeah. and Paul at is Apple, trying, right? Yeah. W- um, and, and part two, they're trying to figure out the parts blur together to me, but when oh yeah. Pa- Maybe it's actually one and maybe it's still at uh Twickingham. Uh is that how he said was that, was that what that was? But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh when he's talking to George and George is just playing chords for like, get back, braw, get back, and, and you can tell that Paul wants him to get kind of noodly with it. And um but Paul is like, Yeah, yeah, no, whatever you want to do, but I just want to get away from it being like the chords. And then George is like but it is the chords. That's what I'm doing is the chords. (laughs) And then Paul is, you can see in his eyes that he's like, well, I want George to do it how George does it. And it's, it's that struggle of like, he knows that you need that interplay. He knows that you can't just sing the parts to everybody because it's true. George will come up with something better than what, what you tell George to play. But when you're not happy with what George is playing on that take, how do you convey that? Because you're like, like, I want you to do better, but I also don't want you to tell, to. I don't want me to have to tell you what to do. And he's like mm-hmm. having a, have a personal meltdown. It's
0: crazy. The the uh, The thing also about John that I, I just read right before we were recording this, he and Yoko were like in a uh, heroin addiction uh, phase right then. Oof. Wow. So like he's all bopping around and being silly and saying whatever, like disconnected things all over the place. Uh, that could be a big part of that. Too.
2: Well yeah because I was wondering when he showed up late that one day like when George had quit the band and John was like MIA uh-huh. when he shows up they're like uh, he was like, oh sorry I was uh, last night I was watching films and I got I got stoned and and high and I was like well stoned is weed so uh uh-huh. oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Stoned yeah. and high that's
0: Yikes. so weird like it, it kind of because I, I was looking at him specifically like he's very
1: slight. They're Uh, all slight, tiny little guy. They're they're all younger than I thought and lighter than I thought. Yeah. (laughs) Lighter than air. Well, John Uh, had
2: gotten, he, John refers to his fat Elvis phase, like end of 1964 to 1965. He's kind of the original look, but still kind of chubby cheeked. Yeah. And it's funny that then, yeah, he, he dropped so much weight and he suddenly looks really tall and lanky. Yeah. Like that Oof. meme, you know the one where he's uh bending in his, his knees where he's walking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, the I also walking. felt bad I also felt bad for Yoko sitting just next to him the whole time. And maybe that's they wanted to be next to each other, but sitting there all day just listening well, to people try to figure out music is kind That's of tough.
1: another thing that I expected there to be more meat on the bone. Okay. The same way that I was talking about um what you expect to see from Paul, what you expect to see from John. When the cameras are rolling, I thought people were going to shit talk Yoko or we're going to see her whispering in John's ear. None of that happened. Everybody liked Yoko. Yeah. That is is truly just like a fan thing. And when Paul says like, oh yeah, Yoko broke up the Beatles because she was sitting on an amp.
2: Yeah, he knows. He was was like exasperated saying like, I can't believe that's how it's going to go down in history. He wasn't mad. He was just like, it's funny.
1: I think he just said, like you know there's such a strong thing going on with John and Yoko right now that if John had to choose between Yoko and the Beatles, he would choose Yoko right, it, right He's right. not saying like this bitch is ruining my band or something yeah. uh It's just funny seeing the the real world nuance between all but behind all these things that we thought were just painted in much more uh black and white strokes Right, you know right Crazy.
2: they Another thing I, I was thinking about is, is like, um, I found myself this week, like, uh, you know, I, I kept thinking about toast and I wanted to eat toast for breakfast <laughs> because they had those little, you know, that British thing where you have a toast holder that holds the upright yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I remarked cool. on that when I watched it.
2: I love that shit. But then I was I was <laughs> saying to Jessica, I was like, just in general, I love how, what Brits they are, that these guys are rock stars and they think they're Hindus who knows but they're 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 iconic hippie rock stars but they are still British boys so the way that they arrive in the morning like good morning and then like yeah, yeah. the way that they're passing out <laughs> cups of coffee and cups of tea and the way that they order the lunch,
1: tea
0: time <laughs> good morning Richard <laughs> it's such a funny
2: I was I was talking about to Jessica about her she Jessica's family is Scottish and her dad is Scottish and both with her dad or when I've been back in Scotland with the family it is there's like cute little stuff and they give you a little saucer and a little teacup right, right. and like tim would you like your little biscuit and everything is tiny and cute and i love seeing these guys who are like rock gods also be <laughs> like good morning and yeah i think i would yeah. take a spot of tea
0: <laughs> i love i love when john is like could you bring over some tea i'm going to you know in the morning i need like a gallon of it <laughs> a gallon of tea <laughs> The, the the rock god thing is so funny because it's uh their outfits are just so funny like uh, uh yeah. fur coats and so much fur, oh, fur. I, love wall, George, wall. I mean they
2: knew they were making a uh a documentary yeah, yeah. about this so they each arrived every day with an outfit and all uh, cool
0: outfits and George and, like pulling up in his mercedes and getting out with that like pilgrim hat look yeah <laughs> it's just so because they're just rock before
2: story. the early 70s was all about was very like in rock was like domesticated. Like James Taylor and Carly Simon and Jackson uh-huh. Brown and Neil Young are like, I'm. I don't want to get dressed up, and I'm gonna like be sitting on the the floor of my house strumming my guitar. Yeah. These guys are in that kind of zone where they're still wearing fur coats when they walk in, but they're writing great music. They're just like yeah. in a weird middle zone.
0: Well, and then I love too because like in the '70s, you get the the impression that in a studio everyone dresses like that and they're all schlubby. But here it's like the Beatles dress like they dress, like very uh mod or I don't maybe I'm using that word wrong but a mod like british hip look. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else is in coats and ties. Yeah.
2: Right. It's just so working like an engineer at a studio having to wear a tie is so funny.
1: <laughs> By the way, that, that was the funniest exchange in the second one when they get into Apple and the the tech, I think it's Glenn. Glenn? Uh-huh. Glenn, how Yeah, do it that? was a
0: weird spelling, but I think it's Glenn.
1: But G-L-Y-N, maybe? When, uh, when Glenn was like, Ringo, is there a dampener on your floor, Tom? And John says, the only dampener here is you, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> John made me laugh so many times. He's yeah.
2: very, very funny. He's a goofball.
0: I loved when he would just, like, get up and start dancing in <laughs> funny yeah, ways. Yeah, he's
2: physically funny and just, like, that way that of, like he was going to be on rock and roll circus that week. So he kept being like, ladies and gentlemen, the rolling Stones. your host for this
1: evening, the rolling stones,
2: (laughs) (laughs) those guys of that era. We've talked before about like, um, Doug Kenny of like national lampoon was hung up on like when he was being funny, like hello, boys and girls today. We're going (laughs) to like, yeah, I think uh, John has that, that thing too of like, He's watched like so much BBC that he just walks around being like, coming up next is the next show. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're saying he's taking the piss? He's
0: a lot of piss. <laughs> a lot of like announcery stuff. Mm-hmm.
2: And that is in yeah. the music, like for the benefit of Mr. Kite and like all these a lot of songs are just sort of like presentational. You're uh, right. You're right.
1: <laughs> well, you're right. Well, you're um, right. Um, I thought it was
2: interesting knowing that they recorded let it be before Abbey Road. Yeah, Hear, hearing the Abbey Road songs that didn't make the cut—the best. You know, Maxwell Silverhammer makes sense. That you know, it's like that seems like something you kick the can on. But oh, by um, the way,
0: loved. I loved the guy. I think it was the road manager or something who hit the anvil. Yeah, yeah. he had the biggest smile on his face. That was oh, having
2: a blast. He's in yeah. the band. Um, did you guys make it in deep enough to see Ringo coming up with Octopus's Garden? Yeah. Oh, not quite. It's it's so fun. They're so supportive. They know it's the dumb guy of the band and he is onto <laughs> something good. And they're and it's great. And I, and I and it's so funny. It's like that didn't make that album, but I love whatever moment it was a year later in Abbey Road whoever was like, "Hey Ringo, how about that Octopus's Garden?"
0: But man. Wait, so, wait, how, so how did that work? Cuz cuz they Abbey they recorded out
1: before. They they worked on Let It Be first, but it came out afterward. So there are things that come up throughout the course of it, like Mean Mr. Mustard comes up. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. She came in through the bathroom window comes up. And like Abbey Road, I know way, way better than Let It Be. So so when I see those little gems, I was like, yee. It it was so funny how they would just like,
0: they'd play some of their old songs and kind of forget the words or maybe singing them differently or forget the chords and stuff. Or or
1: like somebody will say something that reminds them of a lyric and they'll like... They'll they'll sing one of their own prior hits in, like, a jokey way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) That's what's so weird is is it's such a small amount of time, like, from...
1: Like, what is it, 64 to 69 or something?
2: Right. So, the moment everybody knows Ed Sullivan, I want to say that that is February 64, that they are... Little boys in yeah. suits, and it's black and white.
1: Timothy, man, February 9th, nineteen sixty-four.
2: Oh my god, Timothy. Oh, and
0: Boy. Jeff, you don't you don't have to find like a cool sound clip here. I can do it, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. The Beatles. So there you <laughs> go. Thank over. God. Good. Um, good.
2: Thank you. That. So you know, before that is is Cavern Club and Hamburg and other stuff. But but from sixty-four to sixty-nine, for that to be only be five years, and wow. they've gone through. So many looks and so many eras <laughs> to land on the current, the, the get back, let it be era, which is like not psychedelic and like it's just so homey suspic- or something. Yeah, it, it is. It's like, it's weird. Like, yeah. Uh, Paul has his like stepdaughter around and they're kind of, kind of like this laid back vibe to it all. And you're like, that's fucking Five years like we yeah how many like from this moment right now we put out our first album in 2018 so that's like three years but we did highland park five years ago so Mm -hmm. we're still to us (laughs) we're still in chapter one i wouldn't (laughs) even say that we're like necessarily in the second version of our band they had been through like eight, eight eight incarnations
0: that's so it's wild
2: in general the 60s the fact that like growing up as a millennial and you heard like, well, there was the summer of love, but then there was the summer of Manson and and the and Woodstock yeah. and the moonlight le- and like
1: Was Summer of Love I- sixty four? Is that what that's supposed to be
0: or sixty seven? Uh, uh
2: sixty eight, I wanna say.
1: Okay. Wow. And then but, uh summer of Sam was and Manson was sixty nine, right?
2: Right. And I think if you were a hip 67 was the actual fun summer in San Francisco, and 68 it was more mainstream. And so by corporations moved in, yeah. But it's so funny, like for us, when you think of like you know 2017, 2018, 2019, I'm like, that's all the same, <laughs> there's
1: not truly. Like, <laughs> it's it's wild. Uh, one thing I thought the doc did really well in a sneaky way, really Ooh. set it up nicely was uh, they give you that. Nice rapid crash course through the whole Beatles uh, mm-hmm. history leading up to it, and they really center on <clears throat> they really center on the death of Brian Epstein. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And periodically throughout parts one and two, they'll be like, "Well, we need that other presence, you know. We need a we need a father to tell us to show up and be nice."
0: Was he their manager? Is that what his position was? Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: They show him in the in the intro, like when they're playing Shea Stadium. There's a shot of him in the intro of episode one, standing and watching.
1: And then. Um, part of them coming back together, it took George leaving for them to re to like self evaluate again. Cause the part oh. one is a mess. Part, part one really was like annoying at times to watch, but I was like, I was watching it like a podcast where I was like, I'm just hanging out and I'm watching everybody adjust every mic stand. And like, this right, is gonna right. be a low key hang. But it was like, this is gonna pick up, right? And then it so does. When they go back to George in the beginning of part two, And then they're like, all right, enough of this fucking TV special thing. We're going back to Apple. And then bringing in Billy Preston was like the the fifth presence that they need to just be like a neutral party. They all Uh, respect. A fun guy. Just fills out each song more. Yeah, and he's not like the leader who's telling them what to do, but they all sort of... Knew him from Little Richard. Was it Little Richard's band? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like they all knew him from back in like Germany or the Cavern Club or something. So they all accepted him as just, he's our fifth guy and he's just such a tension. Breaker. I love how
0: excited he was too when things were like really cooking on he's something. Pumped. He's pumped. Like, They're all pumped. Oh, this it's
1: is cool. So fucking awesome. That
2: is, yeah. I mean, I identify that too, where, where it's like in a collaborative process, just like any outside element is like, hey, now it's fun again. And you remember. You're like, but, we're getting in our heads about a thing. And now he's just yeah. a happy guy who likes to play piano. But
1: it couldn't just, but it couldn't be, you know, like Yoko didn't fill that role. You know what I mean? It, it had to be like right. kind of neutral and agreed upon by all parties. And for whatever reason, it was Billy Preston. Let's go.
2: <laughs> um, you mentioned the, the manager and I apologize to any real Beatle maniacs listening. Cause I'm going to get some facts wrong here. But when Brian Epstein died, there's a theory that he was like, cause I think it, I, it was either like a pill overdose or suicide or something. And I think I've heard that it's like, he was
1: in closeted
2: gay and he was in love with John. And, yeah, and I I've don't know that. whether he killed himself on purpose or that just led to it, but he was like depressed and madly in love with John and died. And then we're catching them in this sort of like two year weirdo zone that followed that and then the actual breakup of the beatles yeah like yoko's a little factor and there's a few other things going on but there's when when i was reading you guys lyrics from john and paul's solo songs the the diss tracks
1: yeah, the, in, yeah. in our
2: episode or uh, paul mccartney margarita episode what,
1: what what episode was that oh yeah paul paul mccartney marg right
2: from like yeah like late summer uh, of this year i feel like i came across some notes on genius.com saying that like Really what broke up the Beatles, other than a million factors, the tipping point is they don't have a manager. And then Paul lobbies hard for Linda's brother to be the manager. I want to say like Hmm. he's been living like in Scotland, like this domestic life with Linda. And then he was like, we really need to get a new permanent like Epstein. And he wants his brother-in-law to have the job. And I think that's what leads John to be like, no you can't do that i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck everything and like that's so it it is weird like as us an unmanaged band uh Mm. it's it's funny to see like how important the role of a manager not a road manager but like a manager manager is in in the biggest band of all time it's so weird we should
1: get it what about a momager
0: i would love that
1: (laughs) oh honey boo boo's mom
2: how about we get Donna, Janet, and Mariela? Yeah, well,
1: what's, what's Janet up to? What's
0: Janny Hanny up to? <laughs> we'll be in little uh, suit coats and short shorts if we get her on board. <laughs> <laughs> you guys look precious, ma'am. Um, oh, uh, another thing I was just reading about was, uh, speaking of songs where they're uh, sort of snipping at each other, when George leaves for a couple days... He writes the song "Wawa." Have you guys ever heard that? It's on um, his album "All uh, Things Must Pass." All Things Must Pass. Yeah, it's it's my probably my favorite song on that album. And it's about he wrote it in the that like few days he was away, and wow. it's all about like you know if you listen to lyrics, it's like I don't need this. I don't need this. Like we 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 grew up together, and now it's different. And it's uh it's a little a little more obtuse than. Like John's like <laughs> Kind of you can you can see exactly what John and Paul Are saying to each other right? Uh, but it's so crazy I, Just crazy that these guys are like Oh yeah I wrote this song last night <laughs> It's uh, like I Me Mine or any of those songs
2: You know what's funny um, I, I still won't uh, Out myself for what song But you know I've, I've admitted here that uh, One of our Sloppy Boy songs mm. <laughs> On the last album that I Infringed on some copyrights <laughs> melodically jeff cut Um, tape (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um george has a big problem with that because two things on that album uh all things must pass the big hit is um i really want to see my my sweet lord yeah he got sued by the ronettes for uh uh doodling 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 my sweet or that's
0: funny because specter produced that album
2: I know it's a weird, it's weird. And then also a very funny thing is, you know how he plays an early version of something in the way in this movie.
0: Uh huh. Oh yeah. Something's um, in the way at the,
2: movie.
1: That's a, oh, <laughs> when
2: they, they started Apple records and then like the first guy they auditioned was a young 19 year old James Taylor. And he came to the office and played, uh, something in the way she moves and George was the one championing James Taylor and then uh-huh. he forgot about the song and then he went to Twickingham and wrote something in the way she moves and he since then has joked about it like uh, uh <laughs> hey James I loved your song so much I went ahead and wrote it myself
1: So wait, wow, that's so he he was taking the first couple lines and then branching off into his new own thing, though, right?
2: No, by accident. He forgot. He didn't know he was ripping James off. He heard James's song, forgot about it, and then wrote the same Wow,
0: line. that's but terrifying. you the song you ripped off, you did not forget. You knew that.
1: Yeah, he he you you <laughs> did it fully and intentionally.
2: I, I did it maliciously in, in the attempt to <laughs> to take that other artist down and it's to encroach <laughs> upon their melodies.
1: But wait, gotcha. but is it a finding Forrester situation is my question. Ooh, like like did he up? did he take did he take something and sort of like did it become a new thing? Or did he just well, redo a thing that he forgot that he knew?
2: He has an entirely different melody, but he used the first sentence. Um, okay, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's, I think that's okay. But but it's something in the way she moves. Uh-huh. That's a lot of words all in a row.
0: Does James um, Taylor have a song that also starts that way?
2: Yeah. Something in the way she moves. Let's may know that she will do... do.
1: See, that sounds to me, Tim, that sounds like shit.
2: <laughs> they're both great songs. They sound entirely different, but it's the same line. And I heard James Taylor on uh Broken Record with uh, fucking Rick Rubin mm-hmm. laughing about it, being like, Yeah. I thought it was funny when I heard it. And then when George when I talked to George about it, he was like, Can you believe I accidentally ripped you off? Sorry.
1: <laughs> so they're that. funny. That reminds me of uh I, you know, I was uh I was getting a little chubby chummy with uh I was getting a little chubby with ch- <laughs> <Around the holidays>. <laughs> <laughs> with, with uh Josh Epstein from uh the band Junior Jr., formerly yeah, yeah. Dale, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize that uh their album, uh I think it's a corporate world, has the same size and shape white mat around the album cover. Uh uh-huh. oh. And uh, this was like maybe the year before we came up with Lifelong Vacation, and then we repeated that. Well, that's okay. <laughs> Three I times, think, in fact.
2: I really don't think that's a big deal, because while you were getting chummy with Josh Epstein, I was getting chummy with Jeffrey Epstein.
0: Oh. And I was kind of, I was <laughs> oh. on some
2: flight logs and visiting some islands. No, and,
0: Tim. <laughs> no, you, know. you don't want to be a part
1: of that group.
2: Okay, I won't.
1: <laughs> well, it's too late now. Here I'm gonna I'm gonna drop you uh in, I'm gonna drop in the chat like check out check out that um Junior Junior album and then I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't say anything to me like hey you kind yeah. of uh, did our thing
2: oh it's funny because a lot of albums have white borders yeah. but this is the exact
1: it's like particularly ex- yeah yeah <laughs> what are you gonna
2: do <laughs> That's funny. Hey,
0: Josh we'll open up for you anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll
2: close be... down the same night who cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stack the chairs at the venue we don't give a fuck
0: it was it was crazy in this documentary how much they would just like all of a sudden they'd cut to them in the studio play, like fully rollicking like a rock and rollicking version of a like like little oh, step on my blues when she was like a whole band is playing and it's like what you guys gotta make a, an album here <laughs> what are you doing you can't be playing it's so funny too when they
2: goof around about those old timey songs that those songs are just a couple years old like earlier yeah you know, like, yeah yeah they it, it, they they were they were that band just like one year earlier and they're like hey you check this out.
1: <laughs> I loved hearing them play like other other songs. Yeah. Uh, even like current songs and then at one point they sort of do like a mashup thing with their own song yeah, with yeah. Get Back and they're doing uh, the Four Tops like oh be
2: there. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Of all the moments in the whole thing, I the one that really uh, that I was like this, these guys, you know, something special (laughs) is going on with me, with these dudes is like to write a song that doesn't sound like it was written. You know, like a lot of my favorite music is actually overwritten. And then, uh, and then like a lot of great music, you, you can like feel the work. But then when there's those songs that it's like, I can't believe a human wrote that when John, when Paul, I guess John with across the universe, but Paul with let it be, when you're hearing the moments that he goes down the piano for the first time, like dung, 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 dung. How about dung, 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 dung. And then he's singing nonsense lyrics. Like that's we, we as a band never really do the nonsense lyric thing. And they always did that. You know, it'd be like yesterday was scrambled eggs and, and Uh all that shit, but to know you're onto something and to be watching a guy scrap through, let it be. And then it, where it lands, like, Paul, Paul's vocal on the, "Unlet it be is like so good. And all of those lyrics feel like biblical. And you're just like, I can't believe some dude, some 26 year old dude in came up with that. It feels like it was just like floating around the earth yeah. for 2000 years. Yeah, yeah, who, yeah. Was that guy just
0: by them the whole time writing down whatever lyrics they were kind of like spitting out?
2: Oh yeah. What's like, a good.
0: They never seemed like, he's like, Oh, I was thinking about this last night. And he's like singing it. I was like, how did you, who, if I come up with anything, I need to like write it all down so I don't miss a thing.
2: Because Glenn was, te- was, was pitching musical ideas. And then was it the road manager that was talking about the lyrics or was it a, is it a, do they have a lyric editor guy?
0: It was like uh, th- a- the guy I'm thinking about was the same guy as the, um, the hammer on the anvil guy. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, yeah. But that may be, that may have been a job that was just like, Hey, you're close by, come over here
1: and, and write this down. I loved seeing them talk to just random ass crew members. Like at one point, I think in part two, Paul is just talking to a guy at the piano and he's uh-huh. showing him this and that. And then the guy's name comes up and he's like, Clapper Loader. Yeah, it's like, this cool. is the dude yes. who's like slating for the documentary and loading <laughs> film magazines. And Paul's like, oh, let me show you this now. And then we go over and, and he was, you know, he was doing the same
0: thing that he said to Rick Rubin in 321 where he's like, you know, you've got this cold and this cold and this cold. And it's all the same code you just have to move him around like he's probably <laughs> given that little speech to somebody a billion and everybody times. loves it. Oh. Yeah. You mean I can be a beetle too? Well not you. <laughs> not even me. <laughs> not, not, not even me.
2: <laughs> um it was it made me think cuz uh, cuz we our our process in writing songs tends to be De- if you have time and you come up with a song, you, ideally you make a demo and then you share it and then we all learn it together. If you don't have time to make a demo, maybe you just, you, you have some chords and some lyrics and then we get together, but we've never really sat in three chairs and just. Well started from scratch. I feel it's like it's happened. We did it with, um, we came here to we rock. came here to rock. And then, and then I, I think that the very beginnings of, Oh Yeah. Maybe that came out of a jam.
1: Uh-huh. And
2: then, and then uh, we
1: also, uh, Bonnaroo, I remember us like sitting down and like figuring out the verses for that because we, we right. had like one or two funny lines and then we needed to like get the rest of it. That was our closest to like writing in a studio type of thing. It, I
2: mean, it, because we were physically in the studio, but th- that was a weird set of things where it was like I was writing. I feel like I came up with just the verse, but not the chorus. It was it, the uh, Cliff Bars, Kind Bars, Luna Bars 2, pack them up in your Subaru. And I was thinking about making kind of a hippie song. And then I remembered, I flashed to like five years earlier, Mike, you walking around our old house being like, catch a groove down a bonnaroo. And I, <laughs> I I, got your melody wrong, but I was trying to, I was like picturing you you in the kitchen because in like 2009, you had said like, we should go to Bonnaroo this year, catch a group. <laughs> kind of similarly to how we wrote uh, Party with the Reds, where where it was like,
1: you oh, yeah. said Party
2: with the Reds, and I was building around it. But so with Bonnaroo, I wrote the, I wrote verse one and verse two, didn't have a chorus. And then I remembered Mike's chorus, and I didn't even say anything to you. I just recorded a demo that was like unfinished verses, but with my, the way that I remembered your chorus. And then, then in the studio, we oh, had yeah. to, we had to write verses two and three and Jeff, you had some ideas for the, so the verses. So we were like, it was like three guys songwriting, but not really at the same time. It was like
0: years apart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just finishing but someone else's uh, idea. It's funny. Cause I, I remember it. We were in bedrock, just jamming on that chorus. That catch a groove down a bonaroo, all right, down down dig, dig, down 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 the banana up and and all that stuff. I thought it came out came out kind of naturally, and we were like, oh, we might have a song here. But you right. you had already had but, verses.
2: The thing that we were hammering out was was the lyrics. The whole the whole third verse of maybe next year I'll go alone. All of all of that was right. like typed on a big monitor in with all of us looking at
0: it oh yeah yeah because i think i think jeff i think that was your thing of
1: like this guy is a loser and then like let's fill out that idea a little more well i remember we we all had a, that was the first time we all had a word document we were looking at for like okay camelback tooley <laughs> uh-huh. g- getting all those like the dorky specifics in but yeah that it that was funny too that we like weird. um
2: I felt like the big decision that we were all excited on, and we did this also on in the bands was was to just it's verse chorus verse chorus verse chorus, and we were all excited to like not have a bridge or a guitar solo or a breakdown or anything, <laughs> because Bonnaroo doesn't have anything. It's it's are those songs back to back on that album? Yeah, Bonnaroo and the bands are are. Two songs that both have three verses, three choruses, nothing else in them whatsoever.
0: We gotta play the bands again when we play live. That's a that's a fun
1: one. It's
0: that a rocker. Yeah, that's one. a ripper. One. One.
1: Uh, it's funny because Bonnaroo, not beloved. <laughs> I love. I think it's great. I'm. I like yeah, it never
2: a lot. Really, it never really took hold.
1: Yeah,
0: what's going on, patrons? Do you like this song or what?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I remember thinking that we we were on the pulse of something with that one. And that it had something to do with the world outside of our dumb shit. The, the suits always want you to sort of hit people where they live. You know, like don't don't be so specific and idiosyncratic that people got to go all the way to you. You got to hit them <laughs> with what they know. And here we did it and nobody cares. <laughs> but maybe we, my theory is that a couple of tracks earlier
2: on the same album is Slophead that's playing the same game, which is like, we're our little garage rock punky take on jam band music. And maybe it's just a little more something. I don't know. Really? Uh, but, but they're similar. They're yeah. both us being like, what if we kind of are, are winking at doing the jam band circuit? <laughs>
1: well, I like Bonnaroo. But
2: uh, the, the other one, um, uh party with the reds. It was like uh, we were me and Mike were riding in a picture car, shooting a sketch for the Birthday Boys show, and Dave texted saying, "Hey, the Cincinnati Reds are playing the Dodgers. <laughs> Do you guys want tickets?" And then I was driving, so my, this was that old sob or something, that clangy, bangy old
0: yeah, uh, yeah. car. It was it, for uh, uh, gone to see America the Sports Bar Grill. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then.
2: So you were riding shotgun, it, we were in Palmdale in the desert and you're like Dave's asking if we want uh uh <laughs> tickets for the Dodgers Reds and I was like yeah I'll take a ticket and you're like yeah I'll get one too and then you go I'm a party with the Reds <laughs> and then 5 years pass and then we <laughs> we had both written songs out of that and Oh yeah mine was I, like I think
0: in that in the car too pitcher and catcher and all the rest came come, came out Oh too. yeah
2: yeah Wait, we had a different, We pa- there was a sign, there was a oh, sign. Oh yeah,
0: it was a cold beer, fresh bait. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh
1: fuck. <laughs> no, 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 hold on. It was cold beer this. and fresh it, bait. It was like, so it, was, it was hot coffee first. It was like hot coffee. Hot, hot coffee, coffee. Cold, <laughs> cold beer and fresh bait. That's what hot it was. Hot coffee, hey. cold beer and fresh
2: bait. <laughs> so that was first. <laughs> right that there. was a real sign we saw and we said hey, Nobody that take melody. that,
1: we're still going to use that.
2: We're still gonna use that, and that melody was in our in our heads when Dave texted asking us if we wanted
1: baseball. Oh, tickets. so we're gonna party hot with the Reds, cold beer and fresh beer. Is, is the same as fresh beer. We're yes. Gonna party
2: with the then Reds. years pass. We're writing the lifelong vacation album. Me and Mike have both re- turned <laughs> the Reds thing oh, into yeah. full songs, and mine mine was like, um, mine was more Chuck Berry. It was like. Well, the Cincinnati Reds are coming to our town. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And it was like <laughs> a, it was a rockabilly thing, and and yours I, I, I forget it, but it was more melodic, and and more singy. And then we just we just put it all together, and it was just like a, a, a copy paste <laughs> yeah. thing between our two songs. <laughs>
0: that is good. Hey, man, next time we do an album, we'll have. Uh uh Michael Lindsay Hogg come in and film us.
2: I think you know, I'm remembering Mike, your song that it went up and over. It was like, Well, the Cincinnati Reds are coming to our town, and when they dig in, they're gonna wanna get down, we're gonna and, and it was like more of a up uh, a ah. also kind of Johnny B. Good, I guess.
0: It was it was kind of like a log ride.
1: It was kind <laughs> yeah, of a it Yeah, it was so kind of like a log ride. You're gonna wanna get it. And, and the, you know was what the real, best part is, it gets you wet. <laughs>
2: That song was a real (laughs) flume. It takes you up and over and gets you wet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Flumey, zoom, zoom. Whoa, hey, Jesus Christ. Uh, Final thoughts on this uh, doc, guys.
1: We got to wrap it up. You know, one, one last thing I think is very funny. The ticking clock of this documentary, like, okay, this is a week at a time yeah and uh it's you, we you have, have to shoot, to shoot the christian. magic Christian starring ringo Starr. and <laughs> that's the time crunch a, a movie i've never heard of
2: you've never heard of a classic album has to be rushed because of a bullshit movie you've never heard of
0: and then they just blow through it right like
1: <laughs> <laughs> did they ever make that movie well, oh, I know, know, we, it seemed like they've got the magic christian you know
0: yes. <laughs> <And> <laughs> everybody's should, on board like yeah it. well we got magic christian <laughs> that's what was so funny about like the patience they all had with like whoever was working on something or if Paul was trying to figure out something and, and uh, John was just like being a silly, loud guy. It'd be like, okay, can we all just not do that for a second while well, I've come up with this uh, Hey Jude song? Or <laughs> I Let love,
2: but that informs, you know, we were saying that Ringo is just like hanging back and he's the simple one. He's just watching. Like, I forgot that that's the context is he thinks he's a movie star. Like these these angry Beatles, the the smarty pants oh. Beatles who are songwriters are duking it out for their songs. And Ringo is just sitting back being like, I'm a, I'm a fucking... I'm the star of the fucking magic Christian.
0: <laughs> I, I I laughed out loud when, you know, they um, they go have the uh, talk with George at his house. You know, it doesn't go well. It doesn't and, go uh, well. And the Chiron on the bottom is like, the next day, uh, only one beetle showed up and in walks Ringo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: That's the one. They... In general, the text was very well done. I got goosebumps when they were like, in the next moments, Paul will write their next single. Or like,
0: yeah. and yeah. any time,
2: five times, yeah. it was like, this is the performance that appears on the Let It Be album. Yee. Every single time, I was like,
0: Ooh. Yeah, that was cool
1: Hey, <laughs> we should watch The Magic Christian as a blowout. That'd be yeah, really that's fun so funny. that's so
0: funny. Hey,
1: I-, I like that uh, maybe, I guess, on the main... We've done a good job of like following a stream of consciousness. Like oh. we on the hot buttered rum, we mentioned the Tom and Jerry, and then I think on the Tom and Jerry, we mentioned this week's cocktail. I think ooh, oh, we've got yeah. a nice we got a nice little yeah. thing going.
0: We're like the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like hey, come in, come into our little. Uh, if you want to go on the trip with us, yeah, bang bang, Maxwell Silver Hammer. Take the ride, man. Take the ride. Well. <laughs> That's going to do it for us tonight. Get back, JoJo, Cuckoo Cachoo. We want to thank the Patrons. Uh, we want to thank all the levels. You know, it's the, it's December. It's the holiday spirit. We want to thank all the levels. Even Tip Jar? Oh, no, not Tip Jar. Oh, no, 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 I, no, do, no, I do that. Uh, a no, lot of no, 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 no. It's, it's not Christmas Day, it's the holiday season I'm not there but
2: yet. Let's make a note for Christmas Day, tip jar
0: Yes,
1: I would love to uh, <laughs> Yeah, Tim, it's not fucking backwards that. day We're not thanking the tip jar <laughs> You want me to thank the tip jar? What the f- What are you fucking hi? <laughs> hi <High> and stoned? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to call Betty Ford Patrons, we love you. Goodbye And don't forget to Get back <laughs> Hehehehe. <laughs>